This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, I'm I'm doing okay. Doing okay. It's been a a heck of a week. The podcast always comes out on, you know, Wednesday for the listener, but Bo and I have typically been recording over the past couple of years on a on a Monday. And uh and this week we're actually kind of mixing it up a little bit. We're recording on a Thursday. And so, man, it's just kind of thrown my rhythm a little bit. And I'm I'm you know, I'm kind of <laughs> kind of getting used to, you know, everyone's like don't say that phrase the new normal. Don't just don't say that. But mm-hmm. um but it it is and it's kind of kind of different. So, anyway, but uh just getting geared up and been a fun day at the shop, man. I'm sitting back in my office here at the Country Squire, uh, surrounded with, uh, you know, blending tobacco and uh, lots of, um, you know, invoices from uh, cigar companies and, all, and 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 a little Scotch whiskey and this and that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be a fun fun afternoon, man. <laughs> What's well, going good. on with you? Good, man. I'm glad you're doing well. You know, not not a whole lot. Well, actually, a ton. <laughs> it's been yeah. Uh, it's been a bit last busy busy couple of weeks. We're uh, we're working on wrapping the Red Flag podcast, and yeah, that's it's right. It's been a a ton of uh, getting audio and interviews in, and uh, you know, it's interesting. When we first made the thing, we had a team of about eight people. Yeah. And r- right now, there's two of us, and so I'm I'm about to uh, pull what little hair I have left out as, <laughs> as we get this thing across the finish line. So it's just been a busy couple of way, uh, days, man. But uh, yeah, glad to glad to kind of take a break from all the editing yeah. and kind of chill out and talk about something like you know, low key, you know, like, like chilling, you know, <laughs> glad to get away from, uh, you know, a lot of regulation and politics. Yeah. What, what, what we talk about today, John, <laughs> Re- regulation and politics, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> right, right. Now we got, we got to, uh, get, get through some of the, uh, some house keeping no, items, of course. It's funny. You, you know, you mentioned all that. I'm like, man, we just had our Squire select episode and I had a couple of people already tell me they really enjoyed it. And, um, man, I, I'm thinking just hearing your voice and the, the little bit of drag that's there. I'm like, like man, maybe we ought to have another one today. Man, I, you know what? I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> no, no. Light your pipe up, put your feet up, and and grab the closest uh, rubbing alcohol you can find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, man. man. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm excited for your uh, podcast, and I know you put a lot of hard work into it, so that'll be great. Yeah, bro. All right. So, uh, but housekeeping. You know, I know we mentioned last week that we've got, um, you know, the. Uh, something coming in 2021 to kind of yeah. you know, tee up and, and and that sort of thing. We'll continue to tease that. We, of course, want to make sure people that are uh, aware, we're working on a kind of a special episode of Country Squire Radio coming up where we're kind of putting out to y'all. We, we want to hear best practices that are happening in your local pipe community, uh, be it your pipe club or especially your, your pipe shops, your local brick and mortars that are getting creative during this uh, difficult time as uh, everybody's kind of adjusting to uh, to the world around us. So, um, yeah, if if, uh, if your pipe shop is is doing some pretty incredible things to cultivate pipe community in the midst of COVID, uh, let us know. Send those in. We'd love to share and kind of shine the spotlight on uh, some shops around around the country and around the world, really, that are uh, just just doing a great job. So putting that out to, to you, you can send those in to show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. And, you know, just not, I mean, pipe shops and also just, you know, pipe clubs. What's your pipe community doing to knit, you know, keep the fabric knit together during this crazy season when, uh, you know, we're trying to social distance and wear a mask and all this stuff. It's like, man, how do you, how how do you, uh, you know, connect with people that involves something that you're constantly putting in and taking out of your mouth, you know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think, uh, man, I'd love, love to hear that. Looking forward to the feedback on that. Absolutely. Yeah, so Bo, you know, we've got uh, next year we did talk about uh, just delaying our uh, 50th anniversary celebrations. And so, you know, it's one of those things where we're, um, you know, it, it, we're going to, you know, probably wind up because of this, uh, you know, having the most awesome 51st anniversary ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You got to go all out. You got to go all out, man. But no, nah, we'll we'll just see kind of what the next, uh, you know, several months has in store. But to reiterate, re- reiterate that, if you didn't catch last week's uh, episode, you know, this is our 50th anniversary. 
anniversary at the Country Squire, and uh, we're, we had a lot of celebrations uh, in store uh, that we were going to do, uh, particularly in uh, August, and then October was the, the main push. And uh, also some product releases that we were and, and are really excited about. Um, but all that's going to be delayed now because of, uh, you know, just the reality that we're in. So um, anyway, stay tuned on that. We got, you know, a lot of exciting stuff, uh, you know, down the road. But it's been fun, you know, since we announced we're doing that. Uh, we've had a lot of folks that are like, man, it just in- very encouraging. You know, we'll we'll be there when y'all get ready to party. You know, when you're when you're ready mm-hmm. to celebrate, we'll wow. we'll yeah. be we'll be ready too. So, um, you know, just very moved by that, and uh, we are excited uh, this fall before the turn of the year. We um, will have a couple of. Uh, tobacco products that uh, we, we hope, fingers crossed, are going to uh, debut in this calendar year still, um, and then also a pipe release as well, which we're, which we're fired up about. Yeah, I mean, excited about that. Also, I have, to, I have to say this. This is really cool. I have felt so disconnected from, you know, not, I mean, family. I mean, I can't even hug my dad, you know, like, <laughs> you know, friends. I mean, just having uh, you know, people over to the house and, of course, at the shop, um, you know, just trying to, you know, be socially distant. Our, our, uh, at church, we have a, uh, a life group that meets once a week. And, um, you know, so we when we meet, it, it's like, okay, well, who's, you know, we got to meet outside somewhere and try to spread out far enough so that yeah, it's just all this stuff. It just feels so disconnected, you know, sure. uh, during the season. But, um, I mean, one of the one of the things that I've really missed as well uh, during this season uh, has been our um, our pilgrims, our pipe pilgrims. Yeah, uh, man. That have that have come to um, come to the squire from all over, and you know it was it was amazing. Right at the beginning of kind of all this breakout, and as the states began to shut down across the country, uh, we had to cancel the lunting event. You know, us and the International Lunting Society were uh, planning this huge event here in Jackson. It was going to uh, you know take on a, a just a great flair. You know, vendors coming from all over and. And, uh, and so that was, you know, very disappointing. And then after that, we just had a, you know, we haven't been able to have our, our friends come visit us from out of town. One of the most fun things about, uh, you know, doing this and just kind of the phenomenon that Country Squire Radio has become has been that, that pilgrimage, those folks that have been, uh, you know, it, it just uh, committed enough and, and frankly uh, honored us enough and gracious enough to come all the way to our uh, sleepy little town to, to come hang out and visit and, and see the Squire. And, um, and man, it, it was really cool, Bo. Yesterday, we had the first Pipe Pilgrim uh, since all this happened back, I guess, in late February, early March. And, um, man, I, I was really thrilled. I've got to tell a story. It was It's Travis Robinson. Travis, longtime customer of, of the Country Squire, but also longtime listener of the show. I mean, from the very early days, he has uh, been with us through the uh, the really, uh, you know, brutal early episodes <laughs> all the way. You know, this guy's long suffering, uh, you know, all the way through, uh, you know, one of our very first, like one of the first few days, uh, you know, Patreon uh, pipe club member adopters there and, and has been with us, uh, you know, ever since his name got up on the wall very early because of that. And just, just such a, such a, such a great guy, man. He's supported us for so long. And, um, he, he was actually planning on coming, uh, to the squire for the lunt and then couldn't make it. And then finally he was like, you know what, forget this, I'm just coming. And so he showed up yesterday. He drove all the way to Jackson, Mississippi from Los Angeles, California. What? And Bo, he did. He wasn't going anywhere. He was coming <laughs> right here. <laughs> man, was, that is some dedication, right? It there, was amazing, sure. man. I mean, it, it just it was it was such an honor. It was such an honor, and it and it was so timely too because we feel so disconnected from our pipe community. Travis and I, when he got here, we were uh, just kind of you know thinking about the uh, you know. It, awesome community that we have how so many of us are connected across the country and even the world uh in the pipe community and um man him him coming here it just it just gave me a shot in the arm man it was it was really great but travis uh man thank you for coming all the way from uh from sunny southern california um it, it was funny he he was uh kind of commenting on his trip across the country uh you know he went through so many different states and municipalities and all this stuff and he was saying you know it was kind of interesting to see how every you know, new city he went to was handling the uh, the COVID stuff differently. You know, so it it, it, really, it really would it would be an interesting time to take a road trip to um, 
you know, kind of see how folks are handling this stuff across the country in different regions and uh, perspectives and that type of thing. But, um, man, really precious for him to come. I, I It was thrilling, and I just have to give him a great shout-out. He was um, he just honored us big time by literally coming, uh, you know, I, th- I think he said it was uh, like 1,100 miles uh, to get here. And uh, and then he stayed a couple hours and then with his cousin, and then he turned around and, and started back home. Man, how about that? That's so, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. I will say, Bo, he sent us uh, or he brought us a couple of uh, local spirits there from uh, from Southern California. We've got uh, Stark Spirits, uh, California Gold Rum, and then also uh, their uh, Stark Spirits Skyline Gin. And so uh, I don't know how I'm going to get some of this to you down in Houston, but but we'll figure it out. We'll and, figure uh, it out. Absolutely. And you, will, you, you will enjoy this with me thoroughly because it is uh, – this this liquor has traveled many miles with a good friend. So <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. If it's traveled that far, it can, it can make it a little bit further. It yeah, may a little absolutely. farther, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's uh now I hear what you're saying. Of course, you know, um for, for newer listeners that may not be familiar, when we talk about our pilgrims, those are uh, folks that travel around the country just to go to the uh, the country squire and uh and visit the shop there in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, and you know, it's, it's great because I think, uh, you know, pilgrims, the, the pipe pilgrimage, I can't remember who first coined the phrase, but I know it a hundred percent was not us. Uh, and so it was, uh, I've been a, uh, an interesting phenomenon and, and something that has been, uh, it was always a real pleasure. I know I always enjoyed it whenever anybody was in town that I, I might've been able to make it to the shop and say, Hey, and, uh, you know, typically I try to go out for, for a bite with whoever came into town, man. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's special. It's so cool. We've got, you know, obviously our, our little guest book we have at the shop and, um, man, just all the folks from the pipe community that have um, just, you know, blessed us by uh, coming to our, our dumpy little town <laughs> to hang out. And it's uh, it's been great, man. They've all, uh, a lot of them have gone to, you know, little restaurants that we've recommended and places like that. And so, you know, it's fun to just give a little a little flair of our local, um, you know, local area. But um, anyway, thanks again, Travis, for coming. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for being a, a big supporter of us. And um, man, we're grateful. Absolutely. By Dumpy Town, I'm guessing you're talking about Flowood. You're not talking about my Jackson Lake. No, no, I'm talking about Flowood. Yeah, yeah, you know. Rankin County, man, across the river. Yeah. There you go. No, shots fired. Shots fired, right? I know. No, no, no. Everything everything here, man, we love it. We support it. Our roads may be terrible, but we just make up for it by planting little poinsettia gardens in them. So, you know, in the pothole. Yeah. Hey, man, like I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You pay good money to go on roads like that in Disney World at the. Uh, at the roller coaster, but you get that for free in Jackson. In Jackson, you get it for free. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good deal, man. Well, Hey, so we do have a, uh, we got it. We got a timely episode this week. Uh, as I, uh, you know, we, we alluded to, uh, at the top of the show, there have been some changes as it goes, as it pertains to regulation and specifically in an area that I always find fascinating, which of course into, uh, the, the marketing and presentation of the various, uh, tobacco products that are out there. Of course, our, Main focus here on the show is uh, pipes, and obviously this does influence that. But as I understand this, this also kind of uh, impacts our cigar cousins as well. Is that correct? Yeah, man, that's right. Uh, you know, we, we've we talked, uh, you know, briefly over the past few years about, uh, I say briefly, it's really been quite a bit, but um, about the increasing regulation that's happened and, um, you know, in the premium tobacco world. And uh, th- there was a, um, a a win, man. We got we got a win. We get we snuck in a W <laughs> uh, a couple days ago uh, in the in the courts. And I uh, just wanted to talk about that. And it, you know, it's relation to uh, 10 artwork and warning labels on on tobacco products. And, and, you know, really, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, who wants to discuss that? But we want to kind of mention it in the context of, man, how important that artwork is. You know, I mean, Bo, you and I, you know, every time we, uh, you know, do a tobacco talk or uh, mention a, you know, tobacco tin or even a, you know, Squire Select pairing, a lot of times we'll dive into, man, how does this uh, artwork on this particular tobacco product make you feel? And, you know, how is it a part of the experience and all that kind of stuff? And, and, and so, you know, this, this is kind of, uh, you know, happening not in a vacuum, but it, it's affecting the experience of the pipe smoker. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit today. Um, if you're not aware, a few years ago, they had a, um, a the FDA, uh, you know, is a, it came out with a, a landmark ruling. It was in 2016. And it was, it was kind of funny. It was actually right after I bought the Country Squire. I was mm, buying, right. I, I yeah. just bought the Country Squire. And then the FDA came out like, it was like 
maybe a month later and they were like hey by the way we're gonna make all this stuff illegal (laughs) (laughs) and i you know i went to chicago that year pipe show and had people patting me on the back saying man you've just you've really uh jumped off into a hornet's nest here but um you know essentially what this uh big deeming rule did it took a lot of the uh the regulations that were already uh, kind of in place for cigarette companies and thrust those same regulations over onto the premium tobacco side. So, um, and, and then also vape products as well. The vape stuff was a big push that we've. I was about to say uh, that was really kind before. of the, a, yeah. a big thrust at the time as well. Big a big thrust, and and to be honest, the the cigar and pipe guys, we've kind of been kind of you know dragged along uh, with it, uh, you know as well. So yeah, the deeming rule came out in 2016, and it was related to. Um, not just cigarettes, but all tobacco products at that point. Uh, again, it you know kind of targeted the vape market. That was such a, uh, a a big target. It's interesting, you know. It, it it's it's fascinating. I've had very uh, you know several conversations with friends in the pipe community about this. What's what's sad is a lot of this uh, ruling was actually pushed by the cigarette industry, right? You know, wanting us wanting to pull us down. It's almost like, well, if we're going down, we're taking you with us, taking you know? everybody with us. And yeah. that's right. And and um, you know, in making the playing field uh, you know more to their advantage. And so, um, you know, but specifically for the vape industry, you know, this was a, a big deal. And frankly, a lot of vape shops have closed uh, since this ruling um, has come out. Uh, but but tobaccos, uh, during this uh, whole period, just you know to give you a 30,000-foot view of what this means and, and meant at the time, uh, tobaccos were uh, to be submitted for FDA testing uh, before they went to market. And so, you know, a, a tobacco blender, you know, let's say Cornell and Deal or, uh, you know, at the time, McClelland or, um, you know, a, a cigar manufacturer, let's say someone like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ashton or, you know, Arturo Fuente or whoever, if they wanted to come out with a new product, they had to, you know, submit it to the um, to the you know, Food and Drug Administration to get approved. And so, um, you know, costing hundreds of thousands of dollars per uh, item and all that kind of stuff. They had this interesting kind of uh, thing they snuck in there that they said, well, you know, if your tobacco product predates uh, a certain date in 2007, uh, then it doesn't need to go through that. So, I, and no one knew at the time, and still doesn't really know why they picked 2007. It was just kind of this arbitrary thing. One other thing it did that really mystified a lot of folks is it treated uh, associated devices of tobacco as a tobacco product. It literally defined a pipe or a vape pen or whatever, or even a cigar holder, it literally defined that as a quote-unquote tobacco product. So legally, uh, under this stuff, you know, your your pipe is now a tobacco product uh, in the eyes of the federal government, which is just um, just really, really amazing. Um, the pretty, pretty big stretch. And then also, uh, you know, big, big for us was the uh, blending in a retail environment was going to become uh, they were going to consider that essentially manufacturing, which put a lot of, you know, boutique blenders and, and artisan tobacconists, um, you know, at risk, um, like like the Country Squire and, and like uh, yours truly. <laughs> and then finally, the uh, draconian, really oppressive uh, labeling requirements, the warning labels uh, that were, you know, suggested and, and they, um, you know, came out and said, you know, we're going to uh, force you to, you know, take up so much of the box artwork and all this kind of stuff with with that. And so... Which is um, interesting. You know, anybody that's ever had to deal with advertising, especially on Facebook, there's specific rules about what they allow, right, on, uh, on your advertisements for Facebook and less about content in this and more about literally like font size, right? Like how many words can actually be as part of, uh, you know, as part of your advertising. I think if like your words are like 40% of the image, then they don't allow it because it's just so, you know, like egregious. Like it, it doesn't yeah. fit the visual format uh, of what they're trying to, to do with their advertising program. They want to make pleasing advertising and stuff that something of that nature, because they know that when you have that many, like, you know, big font words all over your, all over your imagery, it's no longer art. It's no longer imagery. It's just disgusting. <laughs> so, so it's like that, but reverse Facebook in general is pretty disgusting now anyway, but yeah, well, this is true, but I'm just talking about specifically in terms of the way the image, the, yeah. the image and the feel. Yeah. <laughs> It just just really fascinating, kind of how this uh, you know was was brought 
uh, you know, and it's it's interesting. I've got here at the shop a um, it just and I keep it as a uh, kind of a kind of a memento, but but also a warning to people. Just you know, kind of what's at stake here. I've got a I've got a box when my wife and I went to went to Mexico, went to Cancun on our uh, honeymoon, and they had a cigar shop there at the uh, the little resort area we were staying in and you know we bought a few quote-unquote cuban cigars i you know they it was it was in a monte cristo box it looked authentic enough but you know you know how it is who knows right they were probably full of rabbit grass or something but (laughs) anyway the the monte cristo box that i got the the folks at the cigar shop were very kind and they let me take there were a few cigars left in this box i bought those and then and they gave me the box to to go with it and that cigar box is important to me because it is covered the entire box the entire box is covered with pictures of um, you know, x-rays, people's, uh, you know, pelvises, the inside of folks' lips. I mean, just all this crazy imagery that has nothing to do with cigar smoking. <laughs> it's really, really fascinating to me. And and that box is important to me because it, it shows what's at stake. You know, it shows what um, you know, what, uh, what it could be like and what, what in the U S you know, we, um, you know, take for granted that a lot of other countries just, uh, have to go through, you know? Well, I remember, I think in London was the first time that I saw like the vast majority of, you know, uh, pipe tens like covered up by these like massive labels. I was like, I mean, I, I can read guys. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, <laughs> I don't need it this big. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know, right? You know, it, it's um, it, it's just uh, it kind of. I mean, obviously, it's in your face. They're trying to send you a message. Their uh, their goal is not to uh, you know, really regulate, but it's really to to suffocate. You know, it's it's fascinating. But um, anyway, all that to say, I feel like we're getting kind of um, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, sciencey or something. But the industry uh, filed suit, and and this has been really encouraging to me as a pipe smoker and a pipe enthusiast. You know, the the squire we we sell cigars. You know, we we sell any premium tobacco product. You know, we we do nasal snuff and twist tobacco and uh, tins and hand blended pipe tobacco and and long filler cigars and all this kind of stuff. But you know, I I was so moved at at this the. As the industry filed suit, you know, I, I don't really know, as pipe smokers, if you're listening to this this podcast, you know, we love, we're, a lot of you are connected in the pipe community, you, you're a part of the pipe community, you see it every day, all the time on your feed or through, uh, you know, maybe a forum you're in or your activity in a pipe club or whatever, but you need to be aware of it to some degree, like, the pipe, the, the percentage in the overall premium tobacco community, the percentage of that that is related to pipes is less than 5%. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is so uncommon for, you know, uh, just pipe shops to exist and for uh, pipe smokers to, you know, really be represented anywhere. It, it's it's incredible. And, and, and you know, so a lot of, a lot of folks kind of lose sight of how small uh, we are it is a little corner of our industry. Um, what, what has made me feel, you know, so confident in a lot of ways and really thankful uh, is, is in some ways our industry has really stepped up to bat for us. Um, you know, the, the cigar guys, they're the ones that are making the money and, you know, lots of energy and, you know, the big flashy publications and all this kind of stuff. They're the ones in a lot of ways that pay the bills. And, and in a lot of ways, they have not forgotten us uh, during this season. And as they've filed suit and, and gone to court to uh, defend our industry, they've, they've taken us right there with them, right to the forefront. And um, so I, 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 as publicly, I'd just like to acknowledge that and, and like to say, um, you know, in some sense, thank you to, to those people. I, I heard a story, a, a anecdote from the trade show a couple of years ago. Uh, Rocky Patel himself went over to some of the pipe folks and, and, and was talking to them. Rocky Patel, of course, a, a, um, a manufacturer of, uh, you know, premium cigars, uh, you know, great cigars kind of all over the map. They, it's like the Honda Accord of the cigar world kind of thing. You know, they just, they're good, solid cigars, not too expensive, but not, not cheap. They're just, you know, good everyday smokes and uh, something quality. And, um, you know, Rocky Patel, he's, this is one of the biggest cigar manufacturers in the world. He makes a point to go over to the pipe people at the trade show and say, hey, we want you to know, like, like we're we're with you, you know, like we're doing this together kind of thing. And um, man, that makes me feel like a million bucks, you know, <laughs> that really does. So 
Um, pretty cool. So as the industry filed suit, um, you know, honestly, we've experienced defeat after defeat on this thing. Um, it, other than the occasional, you know, extending some deadlines or just kind of, you know, real periphery kind of things. But but there were two wins that we have had so far, and both of them are very relevant to uh, to the pipe community. The first one came, uh, I guess, about a year and a half ago, and and it it said uh, from the court that uh, blending in a tobacco shop environment, uh, in a tobacconist environment, uh, is is still uh, legal, and that the FDA doesn't have the ability uh, to to basically um, you know uh, cancel that out or, or make that. And and so and so it gave shops like uh, the Country Squire, like uh, L.J. Peretti, like I mean, you, you think of your favorite iconic pipe shop uh, that's out there, even Reese and um, you know Paul's Pipe Shop in Michigan and the Briar Shop in Texas, and I mean, you, you name your favorite pipe shop, right? Um, you know, and 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 they're doing hand blending there uh, on site, and and you know some of those recipes are as sophisticated or more than some of the, uh, you know, great recipes that you see on, um, you know, in a tin. And so, um, you know, they, that all that was at stake, all, all that was at stake. Uh, and, and, and so we, we won that, that, uh, skirmish, that battle, which was really big, but, um, the, the one we just, we just won, it was one of the other two points that we, uh, actually have gotten some relief on and it was warning labels for the, the artwork. And so, um, you know, I think most people are not completely opposed to, you know, maybe some type of label on there, you know, we, you know, we, we can kind of, you know, um, quibble about some of that kind of stuff but the stuff they were talking about was um was really really significant um you know uh and and you know to the point of like you know 30 to 40 percent of the of the front of a product being covered in uh very specific labels you know yeah i mean fairly egregious when it comes that's down a to big it. deal yeah, yeah bo on a tin for instance uh 35 to 40 percent of the tin was going to have to be covered in uh, you know, a, a warning label, um, which is, uh, which is just really amazing. Think of your favorite, uh, tobaccos and how, um, you know, important that, uh, experience is of looking at the, uh, you know, the tin and identifying with that, uh, artwork or whatever, uh, it's in your mind when you think about smoking it and all that, that's, um, you know, that's, um, that, that's a part of the experience. And, uh, and all that was at stake and, and not even that, but 20% even of advertising, uh, for these things. So, you know, if I sent out a, uh, email, um, you know, 20% of maybe a photo or something had to be covered with the same thing. So, um, really, really interesting, you know, just pretty, pretty fascinating, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I like the way that you, you put that too. I mean, like, you know, I think no, I mean, I think most reasonable folks are, are not opposed to, you know, warning labels or, or, you know, I mean, just look at, look at your favorite spirit. You know what I mean? Like, like having the information displayed on the product, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a difference when it's like, well, this is here to inform versus this is here to actively sell against the product that it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, it's not the same thing. You're no longer, you know, providing information. What you're doing is you're just trying to kill outright <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's egregious. And yeah, I mean, like, Pretty you know, amazing. And we can even, you know, folks on different sides of the political spectrum can really uh, resonate with that. You know, it's, it's fascinating. I, I, I didn't even know about this until I, I had a few moments a couple days ago and our, our dear friend and uh, um, club member and longtime listener, uh, Robin uh, Lineman Silverberg, uh, Robin's been a long, long time supporter of us and, and friend. And he posted on our, um, on our Facebook uh, Squire Lounge Club club member page, uh, the the link to this, the article to this, and man, that's the first time I heard of it. And before I knew it, it was wildfire all throughout the premium cigar uh, and pipe pipe industry, uh, you know, pages and and uh, news sites and things of that nature. And so, you know, it was just so encouraging because the the court back in 2018, they they were they upheld the label requirement. They they you know, this has been litigated for a while, but they said, "No, we're going to make you do it. You're going to have to, you know, cover up all your artwork and this kind of stuff." And um and now the court just came out and they said, quote, it smacks of un basic unfairness. <laughs> and uh man, that 
that feels good, right? That's that's true. That's really true. And and by the way, I feel like we need to use the word smacks more often. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, wasn't that a cereal, like a children's cereal? Yeah, like sh- a, sh- sugar smacks, right? Sugar it had smacks, like the little right. frog or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that FDA. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting, you Smacks. know. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Smacks. Smacks. He's Max. <laughs> but um, yeah. So just you know, it's it's fascinating that that um, you know has kind of kind of come come back around uh, full circle. Uh, you know, the the only thing is that we're not really sure where this is going from here, right? There's always something where uh, you know they could you know circle the wagons and redo something to. Uh, pass muster with the court system or whatever, but but what we do know now is that for at least in the in the intermediate you know future, um, you know the the artwork on some of our favorite tobacco products is um, you know is is going to be um, is going to be there. It's going to be there, and that's I think pretty important um, you know because it is such a part of the uh, experience you know. So, uh, Bo, with to me, man, the most important thing that's communicated here there there is no longer an excuse for terrible uh, uh, product packaging. I'm just putting yes. this out here now. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you know, here at Country Squire Radio, I, I, I hold no punches when it comes to the way in which it's presented. You know, I was actually thinking about that earlier this week. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the basic designs that we've seen and stuff on these tins have have been really embraced by the manufacturer because they've been paving the way for these giant warning labels, right? That are going to have to be covering up, you know, three quarters of the tin or whatever. And and Bo, it's so funny. I love when we do uh, tobacco talks and Squire Selects and stuff. Uh, when we when we discuss tins we we try probably in a you know poor way but we try in our own way to you know communicate the visual of it to the listener right we we our our intent is to do that and you do such a good job you know like um you know looking at it talking about what you know emotions it makes you evokes in you and um you know how the uh you know uh, you know, artwork describes the, you know, what that's trying to uh, portray and, you know, identify with and all this other stuff. And um, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because y- you have been, and, and me too, to some degree, we've been kind of hard on some of these tin makers for, uh, you know, their lack of creativity or whatever. And, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I've been like, well, you know, we got these warning labels coming out. And so, you know, they're going to have to <laughs> have to deal with that. But, but you're right, man. Like, man, th- throw the throw the gloves off, man. And like they, uh, there's no more excuse. Like <laughs> there will still, there will still be some things you, you know, folks have got to do on there. Uh, but man, it's a, uh, it's a different ball. But game. That's true of every yeah. product to some, like not, not to the level that it's been for sure for, for pipe tobacco in particular, but, but like, you know, you're always going to have, you know, General Mills is always going to have to have the, you know, the white thing down the side with the number of calories and the sugar and such, you know what I mean? Like that's always going to be part of the packaging. And yet they still put the, you know, the leprechaun or the smacks or whatever it may be. <laughs> I know what I'm eating in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sugar smacks, official cereal of Country Squire Radio. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Well, they, they, they might be if they become an advertiser. You never know. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's just fascinating. I, I was as I was thinking about this and it, just thinking about how important it is, um, you know, people are like, well, man, you, we're here to talk about tobacco and pipes, but. I mean, think of the iconic ways that premium tobacco products are packaged, right? And and the history behind that, what it conveys. You know, folks don't even know, uh, you know, the history of, of packaging of, of tobacco. Like it has, you know, t- pipe tobacco hasn't always come in a, a tin can or a, a metal uh, can with a screw top. The, prior to the Civil War, pipe tobacco was actually sold in, in boxes or, or sacks. And, you know, you think about these old-fashioned ways of selling tobacco, a plug or a twist, um, you can see in an environment where there's no tin, um, you know, why that would be a popular method, right? Why a plug tobacco or twist tobacco was so popular in 1840 um, and maybe not quite as popular in, in 1940. Well, it's before modern uh, packaging and manufacturing and shipping methods and all these other stuff had had, uh, had happened. And so, um, you know, it's very reasonable that, that a plug tobacco, something you could poke in your pocket or, uh, you know, your rucksack or whatever it was, um, you know, you could take that with you very easily. But, 
um, you know, as these uh, w- you know ways of packaging uh, products developed, the 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 tin and the cigar box was developed. I, you know, on the cigar side, uh, cigars were sold uh, as singles. Uh, you know, primarily uh, before the Civil War, they were distributed in big bundles and barrels, and so you'd you know it was hard to find these things. But if you were able to get your hands on them, you weren't you weren't buying it from a box. You know, or you're buying it from someone's uh, cupboard that they had them stored in, and they received them from uh, you know their inner uh, their um, importer in a big a big bundle you know um and you know it, it's interesting at this time before the proliferation of uh tins uh tins for tobacco uh specific packaging those tins for pipe tobacco cigar boxes um you know it, it was sold in these kind of ways that you couldn't it was hard to quantify what was in them right um, and, and so, it, it, you know, it's like, well, where did the tins and the boxes come from? Well, uh, it, at the time, back in the, you know, 1860s, uh, the feds, uh, the federal government in the United States wanted, uh, you know, similar thing. They had some stuff they wanted to tax. And so they were like, man, you know, we're, um, you know, we're having trouble when you import this tobacco stuff telling how much you've really got here. You know, like I, I see a whole bunch of cigars, but I can't count all those cigars. Or, man, I, I see this pipe tobacco, but I can't, you know, I can't wait up every you know shred of the leaf that's that's there um you know every leaf itself and i mean that's man what's this is a lot going on here so how do we how do we um you know quantify this stuff easier so that we can tax it (laughs) and that's where the the pipe tin and the cigar box came from bo is um is is that right there just the need for uh the federal government to be able to quantify these products better uh and tax them um in 1864, the Revenue Act, uh, you know, brought out the requirement for cigars to be, uh, you know, sold in boxes or bundles. Uh, and then, matter of fact, the next year, uh, wooden boxes were required, and they had to be packaged in 25, 50, uh, 100, or 250 cigars. And that was mandatory across the board. You know, you couldn't have a uh, just a bundle of, uh, you know, 12 or 13 cigars or some odd number. It had to be uh, something that a, that a tax man could walk up to and say, Say, okay, you owe uh, this amount of money on, right? And so, um, you know, the modern get the old tax. Yeah, th- that's right, that's right. And uh, the modern uh, modern packaging for uh, premium tobacco was born uh, during that season. And so, um, so key. You know, you think about uh, what's the purpose of artwork on a on a um, you know you're going to put this product out there. You're going to try to market it and sell it. Um, you know, what's the purpose of it to begin with? Well, it's to it's to stand out, right? It's to to stand out on the shelf. To um, I mean, why do you buy anything? You know, it's uh, you, you want the product, you know, you want to consume the product. But yeah, it's to instantly communicate the narrative of both the product and the brand and the people that are making it. Yeah. And so, you know, if if, if you're not given the ability to do that, then it's a it's a pretty significant hindrance. Uh, I mean, like just in, in indisputably uh, a pretty big significant hindrance. And it, it shuts down. Like I said, I mean, that's that is your I mean, you know, there's a reason I always love to wax poetic about this stuff. Right. Like I, I think because you are making a choice or at least theoretically, you should be able to make a choice the way that you're presenting your, your product um, and you're communicating all that. And to the discerning consumer today, uh, that's what they're looking for. They're, they're, they're definitely looking for quality to be sure. And I don't think I don't ever want to downplay that because you can have something. Uh, I mean, I can think of a few pipe tobaccos and, and pipes in general that have incredible brands, but are just not that great products. I won't make names <laughs> or anything like that, but, uh, but suffice to say like, you know, yes, quality matters, but there, there, it, it cannot be understated the importance of that initial like site tactile experience of picking up a, a 10 and taking a look at it because something about it spoke Man, to me. And that is and, true. And and and, yeah. and the pipe itself, you know, as as well. You can make a crummy pipe, but gosh, if you've got a really nice logo and a nice pout sock that comes in and box and you know embossment and all this kind of stuff, it's you know that there's something seductive about that. It grabs you. It pulls at your heartstrings, and you want you want it. I I, I regularly have people that come in the shop. Uh, here and they're like, man, you know, I would buy more of your house tobacco. Uh, I've heard it's really good, but you know, I'm I'm kind of addicted to buying the tin. Like, I need I need a tin. I need a right, metal right. can. Right, right. Got to get that tin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need a metal can that's got a shiny label on it. And and there's something about that. There really is. It's a um, it's part of the experience. Yeah. 
Wait, I thought that I thought you've tend some stuff from time to time. Well, we we do. We have, of course, our fiftieth anniversary pipe tobacco. It's a Virginia Perique uh, that we're very proud of. But you know, most of our most of our hand blended stuff is is not in a tin. You know, it just comes in a. It, it's a very high quality four mil Ziploc bag, but it is still a Ziploc bag. The and highest so, in oh, quality it's a, it's four a mil Ziploc. Pristine bag. Ziploc. I mean, like you're you know, <laughs> um, you know the the folks the folks at Ziploc are are very proud of these particular ones, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. But it, you know, it's so that's that's part of it, you know. And and with the packaging, what's so key, you know, stand out on the shelf again, like you said, portraying, um, you know, what you're what you're trying to get across there. Um, you know, at the beginning of this bow, back in the you know late nineteenth century, uh, they didn't have a lot of options for that. You know, they they were able to put these things in tins, but the uh, printing process for this, they could only use maybe maybe one or two colors. You know, I mean, think about how limited it was at the time. And so, some of the most iconic artwork was was forged then. Uh, and it had to be because, you know, they had to be really, really creative because they just didn't have uh, access to, you know, 68,000 colors on a digital uh, wheel and all this kind of stuff, uh, you know. Yeah, but they got ornate in the detail. They did, man, and they were proud of it. And it, it really, um, you know, conveyed a lot of the spirit of the product. And, and like you said, you can earn a lot of grace from the consumer. Uh, you know, if you make a, a crummy pipe tobacco, or maybe, maybe I won't say crummy, let's say you make a, you know, a decent pipe tobacco but your branding and your uh, all the stuff that goes along with it is really um, you know top shelf and makes you feel uh, like you're a part of a tradition or history or something like man you can you can make up a lot of ground with that you know <laughs> um, significantly it's kind of amazing so as time went on you know the the pipe you know tins became more uh, colorful uh, you know as uh, printing um, you know, practices got more sophisticated and technology developed. And, and so, um, you know, it is, as time went on, the, the tin artwork has become more aggressive. And, and now it's just even more than, than even back then. It's so much tied up in the identity of the experience. You know, um, I cannot think of smoking Orlick golden sliced, uh, you know, tobacco without seeing an, a uh, kind of red orange can and a and a judge, a British judge wearing a wig. Like I can't, I can't unsee it. You know, I can't right. unsee right. it. <laughs> it's just uh, you know when I think about uh, you know the old Christmas cheer tins and how uh, Mary McNeil mm. painted those herself with watercolors. Like, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think about those cans without thinking of that big embossed seal with that whale and that huge you know wreath and those golden leaves and all that stuff. It's just uh, man, it's burned in your in your image and. And the the regalness of of that it sticks with you even while you're consuming the product. You know, um, it's really fascinating. Um, you know, as we've gone on into the uh, 21st century, and and the pipe industry's changed, and pipe smokers have changed. Um, you, you know, we well, it's edgier now, right? We've got. Uh, you know the there's you know the biker pipe smokers and the you know hipster pipe smokers and the 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 guys into you know beards and you know uh, the nerdy pipe smokers. I mean, it's all these things and so all these other different things are now being uh, you know put into the mix of artwork that is happening on the the tins of tobacco and um, and I think that's cool. It just speaks to our time. It speaks to um, you know, um, just how things are, are different and who's consuming the stuff. Now, you know, back in the day, it was, um, you know, you had this kind of, uh, all the tins were going to be covered with, uh, you know, the high life, gentlemanly uh, kind of thing, majestic scenery and all this kind of stuff. And, and you still see that, you know, from time to time. But but now you'll see stuff like, uh, you know, a, a guy riding a motorcycle or, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, um, you know, just, uh, you know, some... Um, you know, military related stuff or, um, you know, I, I think of, uh, I, I was th- laughing, thinking of, uh, you know, our friends at Briarworks, they make, uh, such awesome pipes, but they've collaborated with Cornell and Deal and they have this, uh, you know, these, these can, these Mason jars full of tobacco and it's got a, you know, picture of Pete Prevost's beard on the front of it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, the nature where it's gone, you know, the, the artwork follows what's important to, uh, to society. And so, uh, and so you have that, but, um, anyway, really interesting. And, and I think a lot of this, uh, we, you know, the, the folks that, uh, you know, do this for a living that, um, you know, that are caught up in this and, um, you know, that, um, you know, are, 
are a part of the industry and, and, and also consumers, it can breathe a sigh of relief, you know, knowing that, you know, when they pick up their tin, at least for the next uh, several years, you know, you're not going to have to be staring at, um, you know, an x-ray of someone's pelvis or <laughs> giant, you know, a, a, a giant thing covering up the entire uh, front of it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's good. You know, it's really good. So I just wanted to, you know, just talk about that, kind of talk about the importance of the artwork to the process and, and you know, the experience of smoking a pipe. And, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to know, you know, our listeners, what is your favorite uh, tin artwork? What is your favorite tobacco-related artwork? Um, you know, there are some really fantastic, iconic ones that are out there, and uh, and we'd like to we'd like to talk about that and kind of get your feedback and how that relates to um, you know your experience of smoking the tobacco, what what it evokes in you as you uh, you know view that and and you know relate that with the product itself. So um, yeah, man, big win. Yeah, man. Awesome. And uh, thanks for putting that into uh, context for us, too. I think that's really, really good. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, like I said, the uh, no more excuses. Let's have some fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you fantastic know, you know who you are, like person, you know, uh, brand that I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. Hey, you know, I mean, but I mean, they do. I'm not going to no, yeah, no. name names, but I am going to yeah. say, you know, this, these these tins that just are a giant, you know, uh, yellow color and have a you know the the name of the tobacco written at the top like man let's let's use some of that canvas okay yeah you, yeah, you, let's, you got let's some go. more real estate so uh yeah let's see what you got <laughs> absolutely absolutely well man you know one of the things whenever we talk about uh you know various products out there one one company i know that it doesn't matter what product you get for them from them you're always getting quality top quality and that's our good friends at missouri Meerschaum. man that is right of course they themselves have a very iconic branding and uh, i love that that big yellow Missouri Meerschaum logo. And you think about, this is a company that was started in the 1860s. And so, um, you know, something that uh, incredibly old, you know, they they were working back in that time with, uh, you know, limited uh, technology and things of that nature. And so you've got that big yellow and black seal, right? And it's uh, it just evokes quality and, uh, you know, uh, universal acceptance and all that kind of stuff. It's just very iconic. But, um, man, Missouri Meerschaum, of course, you can go to their website, corncobpipe.com, and find some awesome T-shirts and hats. They're, uh, my favorite long sleeve T-shirt I wear is actually a Missouri Meerschaum uh, T-shirt. It's just got the beautiful logo emblazoned on the front. And, of course, it's on the bottom of almost every single cob that they sell. Uh, the one we're talking about today is, is something they special that they've specially done for 2020. It's the Independence Day set 2020. Uh, retails for only $21.99, and it comes with a leather pipe stand and a special edition corn cob pipe. So uh, check it out. It's still available in a couple different finishes and uh, just a really, really cool uh, thing that they put together this year, uh, something unique and, and interesting. Of course, Missouri Meerschaum, as historic as they are, they're always still pushing the envelope and, and you know, finding the next thing. And, uh, man, they did a great job with this particular set this year. So a uh, very handsome set. Check it out. You can get it at corncobpipe.com. And, uh, man, we appreciate the folks at Missouri Meerschaum for sponsoring our show. Yes, sir. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe question of the week. All right, pipe question of the week this week. A warm welcome to you, JD and Bo, from hot and more than one way, Hong Kong. Uh, first, great show and very informative. I really enjoy listening to this. Second, the question why do people recommend smoking? Uh, to the bottom of the bowl. I'm, I'm limited experience, five months or so, and the flavor of the smoke doesn't improve much that far down, particularly with English blends. Hmm. I reserve my judgment for Virginia Flake as they take me a while to smoke that far down, by which time the day is over. Many thanks uh, from a guy named Guy. P.S. I can't access your website. Access denied. How can I get around this? 
Should I wish to order some of the blends? And again, that is from a guy named Guy in Hong Kong. Man, this I I don't recall anyone writing into us from Hong Kong before. So is this the first time? I feel like we had you know we, somebody a while back, but maybe I'm misremembering. I know we do have some Chinese listeners and friends, but uh, I, I can't remember anyone from Hong Kong. So this, this is this is great, uh, Guy. Thanks for writing in. So um, quickly to the last point of your question: um, during all the COVID stuff, we actually temporarily temporarily suspended. Um, the shipping uh, through our website to other countries because we had so many uh, packages getting caught up in customs. There were a lot of uh, a lot of countries that were not accepting packages from the United States uh, because they were afraid they might be um, you know infected with you know the the virus or whatever. Um, and we had a lot of uh, packages even returned to us from foreign countries. And so um, so that's part of that. That's going to be loosened up soon on our end where we'll be able to uh, to ship more. Uh, freely overseas. And so uh, check back with us soon. But uh, as of the recording uh, here on July 9th, you know, that that is still a, a thing. And so um, but that in the very near future, that will be remedied and will be open back up to uh, to, you know, broader pastures, I guess. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, talking about smoking it all the way to the bottom of the bowl, um, why do you do that, right? Okay, well, for me, I, I, I've my own. This is my own answer, which you know, that's what you what you pay for, I guess. But you know, <laughs> which is not worth what you do pay for, which is probably nothing. But the only reason I like to smoke the tobacco to the bottom of the bowl is really to build a proper cake. That you know, for me, if you don't, if you're not regularly, you know, smoking it all the way down, you're, you're essentially, this happens over and over when I clean or restore, uh, older estate pipes, you know, you're going to, that top half of the bowl is going to build a significant cake and the bottom will have essentially nothing. Uh, it'll be essentially a, a void down there that, um, you know, will not, not have, uh, anything there. And so we see this a lot, you know, you'll have these, um, you know, tobacco bowls where the entire, uh, top, you know, maybe half or even three quarters is, is got a big, thick, you know, nickel size cake on it or something like that. And then down below, beneath that, you've got this, um, you know, this crater <laughs> that's been neglected. And so, you know, if you do get down that far uh, and and smoke occasionally, you know, your, your pipe is not going to be as uh, uh, protected down there. It's not going to smoke as sweet or as dry. Um, there, there's something to be said for having even cake. And also having uneven cake can actually bust a pipe, which is kind of kind of interesting that's a that's a conversation for another t- another day but um you can actually uh destroy a pipe with with cake that's uh too too much or that kind of thing um I, i've seen some cake and pipes that would just the, the guinness book should have showed up but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so you know but that's the only reason i really see to to smoke it to the bottom you know do i smoke a pipe to the bottom all the time no way like i you know i i don't i rotate my pipes a lot and i um you know, I don't have any that I, I let a lot of cake build up on, but um, you know, I, I I don't always smoke the tobacco all the way to the bottom, and and a lot of folks are like me; they do that, and and what they'll do, a lot of folks they consider that bottom little bit of tobacco that you, you know you're saying it doesn't really taste good, guy. When you get down to that level, a lot of folks are kind of using that that level that that end of bit of tobacco almost as a filter. You know, they're saying, okay, well that that bottom bit of tobacco, I'm going to write off. I'm going to let that bit of tobacco collect the moisture, collect the, um, you know, the ashes and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and that's going to act almost as a filter and they'll smoke their pipe, uh, you know, until it, it begins to taste some of that. And then they'll the, then they'll put their pipe down. So, um, you know, I, I think that's fine. You know, I smoke what you like when you load your pipe up. You don't have to smoke all of it. Um, you know, I think that's the whole point of a pipe. If you if you have a big bowl pipe and you find yourself, you know, smoking it only halfway uh, regularly, um, you may want to only, you know, from now on, try filling that pipe up only halfway. You know, try filling that pipe up only a quarter of the way. Just because uh, the bowl is, is large or any size, you don't have to fill that bowl up all the way. And so um, I'd encourage you to do that. You know, uh, use your uh, use your bowl um, however much you think you're, you're going to smoke your pipe and um, try it out. So, but yeah, you, you've got those folks that uh, think you ought to smoke your pipe all the way down. Um, you know, it, with a cigar, it's, it's a little different. You have to, you know, once you light the cigar, you really need to consume it. Uh, you know, at that point, you, you know, once it's been stale or goes out for a while, you need to smoke the whole thing. But, um, you know, your your pipe, 
I guess is is like that in a sense, but so many times you're going to have that leftover bit at the bottom that you just don't get to. And maybe it collected too much moisture, maybe it tastes bad. Um, I don't know. You know, so if you don't get to it, uh, don't give yourself too much grief. Don't fight through it. Um, You know, if it were me and it starts tasting bad and you're not enjoying it, uh, it sounds like it's time to put that pipe down and get a new one. And, uh, you know, rotate to your next blend and and, uh, go on. Don't don't do something just for the sake of doing it. Do it because you enjoy it. So... Um, that's my two cents. And that's good. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, if, uh, you know, you find, you find, if you find anybody judging you for not finishing your bowl, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? Like, let's not do it. I I, I have been judged before for not finishing a, a, a bowl before. Um, won't, won't name names, of course, but, uh, (laughs) I, I may have been at a shop in Jackson uh, that will remain nameless. Right. Uh, a, a well-known shop in Jackson. That oh, wait, wait, who's uh, <laughs> in, by judged by an individual whose initials are John David Cole? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But, but yeah, though. Uh, no. So let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's let people like I, I love. Let's let's uh, let's practice what we preach, John David. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Bo. You're right. Kinder and gentler. That's it. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Uh, great question. And hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to uh, write into the show. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire question. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions. Uh, man, we've got some quick fire questions in. Now, this is coming in from Eric Vanderpool. Uh, he said, I would never ask for a barbecue tobacco pairing. Oh, that, my gosh. You know, he said he does not. He's not me. asking for that. He is not asking for that. He said, I would never ask for a barbecue tobacco pairing as that would be crazy. But I do have the following questions. Eric, you, you turkey. <laughs> he says, unless mentioned, we should assume no sauce. Are you ready, sir? Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is the closest to the ridiculousness I think we've ever come. But it's Eric. We love Eric. So we're going to humor it for the next... 45 seconds go. I'm, I'm all in here we go <laughs> uh while eating brisket shepherd's pie or old toby gosh uh i, I eric we, we're gonna have to talk uh I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with shepherd's pie shepherd's pie uh has a more robust smokiness to it um again if we're assuming no sauce um you know i think the shepherd's pie is more well-rounded tobacco it's semi-sweet but uh, is a nice full-bodied English uh, Balkan-style blend that, you know, has the Orientals that add a nice uh, mustiness to it. I'll, I'll go with Shepherd's Pie. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Sam, I enjoy Old Toby, um, but I, I, I don't know that I would, I don't know that there's a food that I would pair Old Toby with in particular. Shepherd's Pie, for sure, is a, that's a, it's a nice, nice uh, pairing right there. Uh, while eating ribs... Green Dragon or King's Foil? <laughs> I'll go with Green Dragon. Uh, Green Dragon has a nice uh, vinegary uh, flavor to it from the matured leaf that we put in there. And, um, you know, it's uh, got just a nice uh, kind of tasty tang uh, to it, a, a grassiness also that uh, gives it a um, just a good, uh, you know, soft undertone, I think. So I'd, I'd probably go with the Green Dragon. Uh, you know, I was going to actually say King's Foil because it's been so long since I've had Green Dragon, but you may have just sold me on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll ride the dragon. All right. I'll ride the dragon while eating the ribs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, while eating jalapeno sauce, uh, Hunting Creek or Cornishman? Well, jalapeno sausage. J- jalapeno um, is how the dyslexics read that. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, while eating jalapeno sausage, I would uh, smoke uh, Hunting Creek. I think Hunting Creek has uh, enough sweetness in it to kind of cut the spiciness from uh, from a nice spice sausage. So <laughs> I say ride the heat. I'll go with Cornishman. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and then finally, while eating pulled pork, uh, and he does say sauced here, uh, white rose or second breakfast? Oh, man. Um, hmm. Um, there's I'll only probably, one right answer. There's only yeah, one. Right answer. I, I am actually going to go with white rose there on this go. one. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> the house of York wins. Um, yeah, I, I am going to go with white rose on this one. It, um, I think the, the sweetness and if it's a sauce pulled pork, a lot of times you'll have a little bit of a, um, you know, a nice, um, sugariness there. That's not overwhelming if it's a good sauce, but that white rose can kind of amplify that a little bit and, uh, give it a nice honey tang. So, um, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll say it could be the, like the most disgusting food known to man. White rose is the choice always. <laughs> it's the always. saving grace. Come on, man. Eric, um, I, I don't know how you snuck that in there, man, but you did. You did good. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit. You did good. 
<laughs> that was a great, great quick fire questions. And uh, we love doing those. Hey, if you've got some quick fire questions, send them on into the show. Show at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, we have had uh, an awesome, awesome episode. It's been a, it's been a packed episode. Uh, there's a lot to yeah. lot to get through with you know waxing poetic about the uh, you know the importance of uh, <laughs> pipe tobacco tin art, uh, combined with uh, some changes and and some uh, breaking news. R- relatively breaking, I suppose. It's probably a, yeah. <laughs> a little, little stale by now, but some good commentary, let's say, on uh, on the news of the day as it pertains to the the pipe world. So uh, yeah, man. A, uh, Quite a quite a hefty bowl of an episode, but man, I'm 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 glad we have you here to uh, to lay it on out for us. Uh, it's always fun to spend the afternoon with you and and talk pipes and tobacco and um and safe and best wishes to everybody out there. Absolutely, and well, hey, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on the Twitters. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, the show's handle is at Squire Radio, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. All right, man, I think that's gonna do it for us for this week, yeah. Dude, I enjoyed it, man. Uh, it, it just it pace yourself, you know. Uh, go, uh, go, go, have you a cocktail. Put your feet up, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. Let's go have a day. <laughs> See you, buddy. Bye.